Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maddie. And, and we're, we're Witches Talking, Talking Tarot. And we've brought you a show all about the occult. We're talking different lores and mythology. Yes, creature features, cryptids, aliens, you name it, we'll cover it. Conspiracy theories. Absolutely. And pagan holidays and 100%. Practices. All eight of them. Yes. Spiritual living, you yeah. name it. That's right. We've got it for you. So if you want, come sit with us for a spell and let us make you laugh. We are Witches Talking Tarot. Thanks, everybody. Given a little spark of madness. Followed Mr. Carpenter. What he saw couldn't have been a dream. It was too real. But it couldn't have been true either. It was too deliciously frightful. Trying to catch yesterday. Old times are only good when you've had them. Night after night, all alone. Daddy's all pent up. Let's freak. Third irrational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Roger Cobb has come here alone, but no one is ever alone in the house. Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hello, people. This week, we'll be discussing the 1985 horror comedy classic House Starring William Cat and George Went and Richard Ball. Billy Cat to his friends. It's basically like your Thursday night lineup on NBC is essentially the stars of this show. Strange. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. Sweet Jesus. What are you up to, Aaron? What's the latest? Oh. I had a beer after work, and then I came home and had Lucky Charms for dinner. How about that? I do like the Lucky Charms. Now, my question to you is, yes. if it was Lucky Charms without the marshmallows, is it even worth eating? No. And no. it's not Lucky Charms, because Lucky Charms, because everything costs 10 times more than it should. And I don't know if you noticed this, but I turned the volume down. On my microphone. So I am in fact not eating $7 Lucky Charms, but am in fact eating $3, uh, marshmallow dinosaurs with Is that what milk. they call it? So it's not it some, some other racial group. Smart and final bullshit Cheerios with desiccated marshmallows. Interesting. My God. That, that, that was too fit, too long to fit on the box. I, that is indeed. My daughter figured out that you can go online and just order a bag of the marshmallows for Lucky Charms. Did you know there is Lucky Charms hot cereal, which actually tastes like garbage because I accidentally ordered that instead of actual like oatmeal? Lucky Charms. Or what are you talking about? Yeah, Cream of wheat? a little shitty pack of oatmeal with a little shitty pack of desiccated marshmallows, Could except mine. God damn it. <laughs> that is your cousin texting me. But mine had a, a hole pokey in it. So instead, it was strangely gummy marshmallows. So how about Sounds. that? <laughs> Sounds it was not, delicious. not magically delicious. Let's Each week on the podcast, though, and I, we discuss guilty pleasures and forgotten classics of the past. 
with a comedic twist. Aaron, why don't you give us your 30-second synopsis of House? Oh, Jesus Christ. The creatively named House, I might add. A little known fact that all takes place in a house. Uh... Dude schleps over to his dead auntie's house to write his NAM book. Uh, it's possessed and Richard Mulligan, uh, does not kill him. Richard Mulligan all. is not in this movie, first of all. <laughs> this, this is so an empty I'm correct. Mask. So I'm correct. Richard Mulligan did not kill him. <laughs> I can't remember the dude the the second bailiff from Night Court after like the first one died or walked off. Anyway, uh, it's some Nam revenge thing. But uh, don't you worry, the greatest American hero puts the hammer down and all is right with the world. But I guess uh, his Tia is still dead ski. Everybody else came back to life or from the Twilight Zone. Good Lord. Now, Aaron, this was actually your selection. What in God's name possessed you to choose this one? It was a listener. Somebody from my work, Terry Tripp. Blue Duck Animation on TikTok, uh, IG, and uh, YouTube, I guess, if you want to check him out. He put it out there. In fact, we were at a staff meeting today. He's like, Aaron, are you going to do house? I said, yes. He's like, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was six years old. I'm like, <laughs> that'd be about that, the right age for this. That, 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 yeah, that adds up. He's like, the purple monster, the purple monster. I was like, Purple monster. It took me like forty minutes. I, I'm, I, I, then I started thinking, is he talking, thinking I'm doing Monster House or something? And then I remembered <laughs> Billy Cat's like porn star ex-wife, whatever. She just, she just plays so actress. Anyway, yeah, the monster's uh, wearing a purple dress. <laughs> I never put that together. I thought she was possessed. Uh, and then he killed her with a shotgun, but it wasn't her. Spoiler alert. There's, there's a lot of this going on. We're going to talk about this. I, I, yeah. Had you ever seen this before? Never. Had you ever heard Never. of this before? I think I've seen the poster with the, the, the severed finger that looked much scarier than the actual severed hand. I remember the commercials for this movie. And it looked like a straight up comedy, if I remember this correctly. Because it I has Norm from Cheers, for goodness yeah. sake. I think um, they were trying to make it wacky. It can't, right. they, they can't, they could not have tried to make this straight. I mean, there's no way. Well, I had seen it multiple times in the 80s, I believe. Multiple I was, times. Multiple times. Why? I think, I think this was again, you know, my standard answer. I think this was like, you know, sleep overnight with buddies. We're like, okay. you know, hit the, hit the, uh, warehouse, the 99 cent video and then rented this. No, or it could have been on HBO or something. That's no, possible. no. My question is not why did you watch it? My question is why did you watch it multiple times? I believe is what you said. 11 year old self, much like six year old buddy. 
not the most discerning of palates at that time, <laughs> to say the least. No, but I, I think that there's truth in the fact that at that age, it seemed quite frightening. It seemed quite, I remember the, the crazy gremlins, goblins, whatever the hell those things are. They look like Sour Patch Kids. Not Sour Patch Kids. Uh, garbage Pail yeah. Kids is what they look oh, like. Garbage Pail. Yeah. Dragging the, the little son up the chimney for God knows what reason. I believe they're billed as critters. Uh, coincidence? I would say <laughs> that. Uh, and I remember there were mo- those critters. 11 year old me seemed a little unsettling so i think at the time it seemed kind of frightening you're afraid they're gonna break into mom and dad's house and come drag you up the chimney absolutely watching it now as a 47 year old man i just it is it is a mess this movie is a damn it makes no like it's a combination of things kind of swirled together in no discernible order they needed to get rid of the whole Vietnam storyline to begin with. That was just ridiculous. <laughs> let's let's just jump right in because uh, I got a lot to say. Start with you, Aaron. Uh, what are your uh, highlights? It starts like a porn. Whatever I see, the first scene is a pizza delivery man or the grocery delivery man. I assume people are going to be having sex right away. <laughs> okay, first of all, it is a boy <laughs> on a Schwinn delivering groceries. Isn't so. that how Debbie Does Dallas starts? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> and then we need to discuss Billy Cat's deep V cardigan. Oh, that is a deep V. It was practically his navel. It's not a Daniel Tosh deep V. This thing is, I've never seen it. Like, a woman could not wear that. There'd be too much. Absolutely. And not a cardigan. It was one of those 80s uh, ridiculous sweaters. Pullover, yeah. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, my God. No, I've no undershirt. I've never seen such a thing. No undershirt, and his chest is as hairless as a baby's bottom. <laughs> it was like a seal. Wearing. Let's go back to a seal. Very upsetting. I don't like that. And can we talk about Billy Cat's hair? Because I don't know what color his hair is. Because in Carrie, he had this straight up blonde white man afro. It was big curls. Half this movie, he's a ginger. Every interior shot, he has dark brown hair. I don't know what's (laughs) happening. I don't think it was dark brown hair. Maybe strawberry blonde or something. It wasn't like he was strawberry blonde until he went inside, and then it was like, remember that there was that dude on American, the the dude on American Idol who was a ginger. They told me he needed to dye it to darken it up. Troy, what was it, Uh, Aikens or something? Aikens. I'm sure your wife loved him. Uh, Yeah, remember they made him dye his hair, so it looks like. Halfway through the filming, Billy Cat decided he needed to darken it up. But first of all, where did the ginger even come from? Because now it looks like he's an all-over ginger. But correct me if I'm wrong, blonde fro in Carrie. He, and well, he, wasn't yes. he a blonde in Greatest American Hero? Absolutely. So that's, that's the, the central character. The actor who plays the main character of this movie is Billy Cat from Greatest American Hero. I mean, 
Not an A-lister. Look what's happened to me. Sing it. I can't believe it myself. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. It could have been somebody else. <laughs> believe it or not, I'm walking on okay, air. Let's, Our father's <laughs> favorite show. And they used to play that. It was like back when theme show, theme songs used to be on the radio. There was an episode of Seinfeld, if you remember, where George changes his Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave (laughs) a message at the beep. (laughs) Where could I be? Believe it or not, uh, George's not home. <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay, so... It, uh, and then Billy Cat decided to do this. Well, I think he... It was like he was fielding offers at the same... <laughs> at this point, I think uh Grand American Hero had been canceled for three three years, so we just tried to put oh, uh, food on the table. It's possible. Too bad, too bad. Very People sad. People love that show. <laughs> it was a good show. So he's a novelist and I love, there's a scene where he's like signing books. He's a horror novelist. Right. And he's like this, a Patterson or something. People are like, yeah. Well, he's kind of a, he's more of a, a Kuntz, Dinar Kuntz or, you know, one of those dudes. All right. Um, and all of his weird freaky fans are coming to the book signing going, what are you going to do next? And of course <laughs> he throws, he throws the turn in the punch bowl and be like, well, I'm going to do a little nonfiction about my experiences in uh, Vietnam. And people are just yeah, like, this, what the f- This could <laughs> have been a Stephen King. I'm going to be writing my Richard Bachman series. People are like, record scratch. What? Right. <laughs> it was. It was It was basically Otis Day and the Nights in, uh, in Animal House, where it's like they walk in, Rick! Yeah. Uh, people are not like thrilled with this. It's like when I went to see Asia in the 2000s and they said we're gonna play our new album no no asia it was the heat of the moment yeah that was the encore those sons of bitches those bastards um so but throughout this movie he's standing in front or sitting in front of his screen from his apple 2e where all he has is like the title of it's like One man's story. (laughs) One man's story is the title of the book, which is not a very descriptive title, much like House, frankly, in that (laughs) one man's story. And then the subtitle is like, you know, my experiences in in Vietnam or something along those lines. And this was a thing in the 80s where it was like half the movies you watched, it was either it was a Vietnam, Vietnam movie or it was like people after Vietnam dealing with like the after, like Lethal Weapon with Mel Gibson. Half the movie was like about their experiences in Vietnam. Apparently it was very powerful. Very, very powerful, powerful. So to say. But leave it out of my horror. Because what story was he going to write? Because of the scenes they did show us, his yes. flashback in Vietnam was the most boring experience of Vietnam that I've ever seen uh, or heard of in my life. Well, and we don't know if this is important or not. You know, these these little... Why do they ev- keep showing it if it's not important? Right. Well, there, there's no connective tissue. Because we had, we had to go back. So his... his well, 
First of all, is Vietnam the tro- the tropical plant part of your nursery? Because that's what it looked like. You got, that's exactly- it, it was clearly <laughs> filmed somewhere in Los Angeles, and they literally just brought a bunch of potted plants and placed them around, and then someone would come by and spritz them so they'd pretend it was humid. That's correct. They basically went to, what is it, the Armstrong... Uh... <laughs> Filled entirely at the Armstrong Nursery. <laughs> That's all it was. That's all you need. So his his aunt has this beautiful mansion, and she hangs herself. No preamble. Dead meat. That's what, that's what the poor delivery boy discovers. So later it's revealed because- that... When you get Uber Eats and you don't answer the door, the dude just lets himself in. And if he can't find you, he just starts going through every room in the house. Yes. Hello, are you in there? He went up the stairs and either knew where her bedroom is, hence the porn, or he has searched every bedroom and closet until he reached hers. Well, we have to talk about that. People just letting themselves into the house. (laughs) The the neighbor, George Went, Norm from Cheers, there's a scene where he just appears like in the bedroom with a platter of food saying, Hey, and who who wants a midnight snack? Are you so you again, let yourself in at midnight into your new neighbor's house? With beers and food. So A, he's been in that bedroom before, just like the delivery boy. Or, or what? He, he's just exploring the entire house. He's a lonely man. But yeah, you get shot, man. Absolutely. You, you know, get I, shot. You can't just, just wander around at midnight. Hey, what's up, bro? At midnight, uh, who wants a midnight snack? Are you freaking kidding me? And then we're supposed to go, oh yeah, of course, that's standard. And then, you can't even say, well, it was the seventies. It was a different time because it was the eighties. <laughs> the eighties are just like today is what we're trying to say. We are- People, even in the eighties, you can't do that. You just can't show up in old granny's bedroom at midnight. So here's my question. Maybe you. he's Richard Ramirez. Is he in fact the night stalker? It, it could be. George, That's how George it starts. Man. It's amazing how we managed to elude the police for so long. You never see them in the same room together. That's for sure. Um, No. So this, I mean, ostensibly we're supposed to think this is your standard haunted house kind of movie. Right? Right. But you don't see like ghosts really other than in the, in the tool shed, like, you know, the, the ax and the scythe. I mean, who has a, a, who has a scythe? All right. Truth be told. Please. When I was in college, when I was living with my boyfriend, he had one of those fucking grim reaper ones. It weighed like 50 pounds with a full body stick. Why? Two of them in the garage. Wait, okay. So he's a serial killer, correct? Well, RIP, RIP. Maybe that's what happened. I'm not really (laughs) sure how he died, but who's to say? You're right. I'm going to say that's probably it. It was not a scythe. It was a sickle. Is what it was. Right. A, there is a difference. Maybe so, he was half a communist. He didn't he was, have the hammer, but he had. Who's the to say? Who's so to those say? those things kind of are floating around and chasing him at one point, and he like. And then he locked them in the garage, and they managed to unlock the the door, unlock the front door, yes. and and hover their way upstairs. Chase chase them down. You they do not have hands, so I don't know how they open the door. 
It, Maybe they're ghosts. They're, they're, they're the ghost of a sickle from days gone by. That's correct. So he locks them in a room and then they're just floating by the door waiting. for days, <laughs> for weeks. Just wait, with their arms crossed, waiting. <laughs> waiting, very patient. Other than those, the floating farm implements, uh, you don't see ghosts. You just see weird, like, freaks. What about the, 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 the thing from The Thing that managed to scurry its way down from uh, the Arctic down to Monrovia and live in a closet? Right. Well, there's that other thing. So at midnight, in the grandma's or the aunt's closet, if you open it, the, the closet door at midnight, there is some weird, freaky creature that crawls out with long claws and, like, reaches and all this stuff. I argue like it was better game. than the thing. No, it was the oh, thing. Shut up. Okay. But a better looking monster, because there was no melted crayon. That was nothing but melted crayon. Take a second look. <laughs> Take a second look. I put a whole box in the microwave. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> now, later, what we were talking about earlier is that he thinks his estranged wife, okay, his son disappeared in the pool one day. And off screen, his wife left him, I guess, famous soap opera star, bails on him. And I, there was a scene where he, like, he's watching her soap opera. I have to talk about this very briefly. She thinks he's listen- a nut. She thinks she's a nut. But they also give you the, this uh, uh, red herring where a car is speeding off. How come we didn't yes. investigate that? That's another question. If I jump in the pool and my kid's not actually there, but I did see a car speeding off for no apparent reason, why aren't we investigating that shit? Well, because, okay, so the car is speeding off, but then he turns around and the kid's swimming in the pool or drowning in the pool. And he jumps in to rescue his son, but then the son's gone. Right. So I think a normal person would think, okay, well, my brain's fucked up. It must be the car that just took off. <laughs> I see. I, I, I see. When, when the kid gets sucked down the drain? Maybe like is that episode it, of Twilight Zone, or like the M Night Shyamalan thing about the mermaid that lives at the bottom of the swimming. Oh pool. Jesus! What was that? The way to water? What was it called? No, it was called not that. the way to water. I can't it, remember what it's called, but I love the shape it. You say water. That's what. It was. No, not the shape. This is about a fucking mermaid. It's M Night Shyamalan. What was it not, called? What the fuck was it called? And That's I was just talking just about it. Sentence. Shut your mouth. Thank you, Father uh, Kevin. I'm going to look it up. Okay, why hey, are you- Siri. Hey, Siri. What is the M. Night Shyamalan movie about the mermaid? No answer. La- Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Paul Giamatti. Oh, Paul Giamatti. All the people who live in the apartments. I love yes. that movie. Don't you say a bad word. I have never seen it. I, I had long since what? given up on, uh, on oh, no. Shyamalan at that point. You need to uh, see that one. Let me go back. So his estranged wife is a soap opera star and William Cat tortures himself by watching like this, the, the nighttime, like it's Dynasty or something. And the dialogue that is in the one scene we see is the guy she's talking to turns to her and says like, you know, you knew I was a male prostitute my entire life. And later, then he's like, that's good soap opera talk. That's good stuff. And then it cuts back later and she's like, I'll smell anything I want. I don't know what, what the context of this conversation is. It can't be good. That's what I'll say. It can't be good. All right. So, so well, then this makes sense because 
I was going through the credits and I see the, uh, a dude who looks so familiar in the credits who was on all the soap operas. So he, and, and I went through the whole movie looking for him. He must be in all those soap opera scenes. Right. Cause he was in. Uh, Days of Our Lives, you know, The Restless. So he must have been in those things. He was like the, the patch dude. <laughs> Scorpio? Not, not Scorpio. <laughs> not, he had nothing to do with weather machines either. Oh, uh, very upsetting. I can't remember, but yeah, I was like, what? I don't remember him in this. So he must have been in the soap opera scenes. It's gotta be something. Um, yeah. so anyway, so later in the movie, he thinks his wife, his ex-wife has like come to the door wearing her fancy purple sequined outfit and he turns around and now she's a hideous freak. Uh, who's well, chasing her. Go yeah, ahead. George went, called her. Right? Right. But I don't, I don't think that was his wife at all. I just think it was the house messing with him. No, because- in the end, we realize it's the house messing with him. But at the time, he blasts a hole in her. She turns in, and he picks her up, stuffs her in the Harry Potter closet. Well, because the cops are coming. Basically, well, baby, the... you need to go to jail. You just shot your wife. How are you going to explain that? Right. So he shoots. He shoots the hideous freak, and then he turns around. And then it's his wife again. He's like, "Oh, damn!" And then he hears the the, si- the sirens from the police cars. Because believe it or not, even in Monrovia, you can't just start blasting with your uh, double-barreled shotgun. So he no, stops her. I, I bet in Monrovia you can. You can probably still goes. get away with it. <laughs> he he shoves her corpse into a little hidey hole closet. Something. It was the and, Harry Potter closet. And like like Jeffrey Dahmer is just cool, calm. He thinks he just murdered his ex-wife, who he's desperate to get back together with. Oh, he has to oh, turn himself he's, in. He's getting later on, like five minutes later, he's trying to get down with that Swedish chick. Oh, we got to well, talk about that as well. I, I mean, it makes no fucking sense. I'm, we're just going to count this as uh, Nam Trama. Something. Okay, so let's talk about Nam-ra? the Trauma? the uh, the hot. He comes out one day. While he's trying to bury the corpse of the hideous freak that he thought was his wife. And there's the hot Swedish woman in his pool. She's like, oh, your aunt used to let me swim here all the time. So I thought I'd just come by. My aunt is dead. Okay. You're not allowed to just let yourself in with George Went and all the hours. I bet she knows right where that bedroom is too. <laughs> here it that comes. aunt was swinging. That aunt was swinging. Well, she was swinging at the beginning of the movie. Oh, from the rope. Boom. There you Ouch. go. Ouch. So he's he's down with the Swedish chick who shows up at his doorstep because she throws some comment like, oh, I can tell when a man, you know, needs to work, but I can also tell when a man needs to play, if you know what I mean. So when she shows up later at his house, he's like, let's do this. And she's like, actually, I thought you'd like to play with my son. I need a babysitter. Deuces. Yeah, I don't care if you molest them. That's all good and whatever. I'll be back <laughs> after I'm getting my bone daddy on with with a real man. Clearly, Whoa. clearly. So especially after the first time he meets her, he, the child runs off and he's like locked him in the bathroom. Where, <laughs> hey, hello. Well, he's trying to pull the zombie. You stay hand right off there, the- lady. I'm gonna go go off <laughs> and lock <laughs> some myself. Private time. <laughs> I'm a strange man. 
who's acting strange, and now you've just given me the gift of a child to molest, and now I'm going to lock myself into uh, the downstairs bathroom where you don't know where, where what I'm doing. I'm not going to open the door. The I child mean, comes out crying. The child At- also comes out in bad touch mommy. And the best, this is the best scene in the whole movie is he actually has to bite the severed hand to get it to release the small child. That's correct. That's correct. So the, the hand of the hideous freak that he mercilessly buried in the backyard, chopped it into little pieces. No problem. Buried it all over the backyard. Again, there are neighbors. There are neighbors here. In fact, he just kicked the Swedish one out of his pool five minutes ago. No, no and, problem. And the beauty is, he, 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 what he's bearing, he has the head in one bag and then everything else in a giant lawn and leaf bag. Yet we then see 900 little tiny holes. So was he just sitting out there like when dad c- had to kill the guinea pig was just taking <laughs> Wait a minute. Out? <laughs> I, I don't remember when dad had to kill the guinea pig. I don't remember that little episode in our family history. I think it was Mama Marshmallow. The dogs got Mama Marshmallow and she was like paralyzed and dad had to do the mercy thing. I don't, I think dad had to take the day off of work after that. (laughs) Okay. I have to, the the whole paralysis thing just, just triggered a a memory. You know that song (laughs) by Kenny Rogers, Ruby, don't take your love to town. Yes. If you, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never heard this song, it is a damn classic. Just read the lyrics. If you want to laugh, just read the lyrics. Cause there's a, the worst. Also about Nam. It wasn't me uh-huh. who started that all crazy Asian war. Yeah. Basically. And he's come back from Kenny, uh, theoretically has come back from Vietnam and his legs. And this is, and I quote, bent and paralyzed. Bent well, apparently that's not the only thing Benton paralyzed because Ruby throws a blanket on him and hits the Uber and is running around town. The song is Ruby, Don't Take Your Love to Town. I am bedridden and paralyzed, and I've heard that door slam a hundred times before. She got so the Ruby, <laughs> Ruby is going into town <laughs> on a nightly basis and shacking up with who God, God knows who. Basically, scattering, flashing it to the to the four uh, seasons. Who knows what's going on with Ruby? Well, on the plus side, she's coming home, I guess. She is coming home. (laughs) And he says, it won't be long. I've heard them say until I'm not around. So I'm also I'm on my way out and you just can't keep it together until I'm dead. And at one point, he literally just says, if I could move. I'd get a gun and put her in the ground. Ruby, don't take your love to town. So it's a love song is what you we're trying what? to say. Then if I were Ruby, I'm, he's not getting any more chicken pot pie. <laughs> he, his legs are bent and paralyzed. And who knows what else is bent and paralyzed, frankly. I'm guessing that whatever crazy hillbilly town this is, you get someone to bring you a gun if you really need to kill your only caregiver but he can't move <laughs> that's what i'm saying he didn't say his arms were chopped off it just says he he can't you run to the walmart he says if i could move i'd get a gun and put her in the ground what are we talking about a boxing helena situation he's a quadriplegic <laughs> he he's christopher reeves saying 
God damn it, I would blow your head off if I could. Look, I have not seen the medical report, so it's hard to say the, the full extent of his injuries, but he's, he ain't doing so well, and Ruby's taking her love to town. It's very So this sad. is why you got to trick Ruby. Like, Ruby, now next time you go to the Walmart, we're going to need some kitty litter. I, I want a box of salty, saltines. I need some chaw. I need a 12 gauge shotgun. <laughs> I need a 12 gauge shotgun. Yep. Some Vicks Vapo Rub. Some ammunition. <laughs> and, a long you shopping know, list, by the way. Cause you gotta, you gotta like slip it in there. And then some bologna. And some of that good wonder bread. Some of that good wonder bread. Maybe, maybe she sandwiches. just doesn't know. Maybe she won't notice that there's a shotgun on the list. And, and by the way, okay. So then, then there's the other song, the innocuously named Coward of the County, where the middle of the story, uh, the coward, the, you know, titular coward, his girlfriend is gang raped by the Gatlin yes. boys. Mid song. The, the Gatlin brothers? The Gatlin well, brothers? That's, and when this song was big, <laughs> there was a country group called the Gatlin brothers. Coincidence? Who's Coincidence. to say? It really brings a whole different light. And absolutely. Kenny, what are you saying? What is what saying? I'm trying to you, you tell them tales? Tell them tales about those Gatlin world? brothers. Very upsetting. We've totally gone off on a, on a, I gotta, I gotta Google the Gatlin brothers now. Do not Google the Gatlin, and, and, and Google Gatlin brothers gang rape and see what comes up. I mean, maybe, the, maybe the case, the, the Gatlin files were bro- sealed. Bros. Who's to say? Gang rape. Let's see what that gets me. Coward of the county. <laughs> it's a true story. I think if you check those damn Gatlin boys, it's a good song. Anyway. Where were we? <laughs> poor, poor Becky. Her name was Becky. Yeah. And Tommy's love was Becky. Okay, anyway. Here's a Google. Why did Kenny Rogers use the Gatlin brothers? What does it say? Oh! Uh, they had a falling out. I they bet they did! The songwriter to use that name. It didn't go over well with Gatlin at all. After it came <laughs> out, we started getting accused of being rapists. <laughs> I think they could have shown a little good taste and use somebody else's name is the quote. <laughs> the more you know, the more, the more you, you know. Hey, you know what I have to say? I kind of understand where they're coming from. Uh, you know, I like Kenny as much as the next person, but I mean, good Lord. <laughs> Those Oak Ridge boys. I mean, he could have... <laughs> the, the band Alabama. Those goddamn Osmonds. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. Those damn Osmond brothers. That's right. Very upsetting. Very I love upsetting. it. More, the more you know, the more you See, know. See, people are learning things on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Good grief. Um, I, I have a funky thing. We were talking about the creature of the closet, and I did a quick yes. Google because I was like, when did Poltergeist come out? Poltergeist Years came earlier. out. Years earlier. And they lifted almost all the terror in this book or in this movie. From Poltergeist. Like, okay. Creature in the Closet. Doesn't look anything well, like it, No, no, no. But that, that the closet leads to a different dimension. Okay. That you tie a rope around yourself to go into the dimension to free the kid. I mean, come right. on, people. So, okay. Again, there's the weird witch woman 
that his wife turns into. There's the crazy thing creature in the closet that yeah, comes the out. witch woman looks like something from Keller Clowns from Outer Space. Absolutely does. No, everything question. else looks like something out of an Evil Dead series. Oh, no question. What's interesting is the witch woman is dispatched because she's chasing William Cat down the hall. William Cat goes, oh, damn, there's in the den. I left all of those farm implements floating around. All I have to do is time this right. They will come out and, you know, dismember the witch woman, even though theoretically they're on the same side. Right, it's this friendly fire. I mean, it makes no sense. And as we find out, all controlled by the same person. Well, that's my question to you. Because it seems like this house was was jacked up for a while. Later it's revealed that some the his buddy in Vietnam that he didn't kill before the Viet Cong kidnapped him is now haunting the house. Why is he haunting his aunt's house? Yes, why, why isn't it because the internet's not good in hell or whatever. Why right. wouldn't you just go straight to Billy Cat's house and just F with him there? Absolutely. Why do you go through all the trouble of killing the ant and assuming that then Billy Cat would just show up there? Right. I mean, literally the beginning of the movie, Billy Cat's talking to a realtor. The realtor's, oh, we'll sell this place. He's like, eh, maybe I'll just stay here instead. What if Billy Cat said, you know what? Sell this place. I can Sell use it. Cash. Don't, don't Giza. Don't Giza. I'm going, I went back to my and then apartment. They stole his kid like a year later, and then what? They're like, well, I guess my kid's gone. I guess, how was I that? guess our kid's gone. <laughs> I guess, how was that helping uh dead Vietnam dude? Right. It makes it makes none of this makes any sense. So the dead no. Vietnam you think that the dead Vietnam guy was controlling all the other weird freaks that would pop up. The little the garbage pail kids, the yes. wicked witch, the thing. I mean, that would seem to make sense, except it, it kind of, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they kidnapped it because then they would portal from this time to, to Vietnam and they had, they stole the kid out of the swimming pool, yes. but they, but they time traveled him and put him into a bamboo cage for yes. a year. Uh, in Vietnam world. In Vietnam. Why do you keep pronouncing it like that? <laughs> in Vietnam world. <laughs> That's the proper pronunciation. I have no idea. But, uh, with, 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 uh, his buddy just shooting, like, shooting machine guns over the head of the child. That's correct. That's great. None of it, none of it makes any sense. Because literally, <laughs> he, I mean, I guess I kidnap your, ch I could just murder you then, but instead I'm going to kidnap your child for a year and in this alternate dimension. Again, there aren't any really ghosts in this movie. There's just weird freaks that seem to pop out of nowhere. There's just monsters. to mess, just yeah. weird monsters. None of there's a zombie sense. ghost and monsters. Right. There's a, there's a winged skeleton thing that flies around when he climbs in. Okay. All right. The <laughs> people who haven't seen this movie are like, are you guys high? This sounds like a fever dream. And the answer is yes and yes. Yes and uh, yes. And you didn't uh, mention the giant, of course, swordfish that came to life and was flopping like uh, that Mr. Bass thing that would sing a song. That's correct. 
That's that great. was pure evil dad. That was pure evil dad. There's a lot of that in this movie. Oh, God help me. So the dead aunt was like an artist. So she had pictures on the wall that kind of reveal things, right? Like there's one painting on the wall where it's like she's standing in front of her closet door with lights beaming out of the closet door. And that kind of gives him the signal of, hey, if I happen to open the closet door at midnight, then this will be revealed. Then I will see the, the freak in the closet. Uh, later in the movie, he's like, Oh, here's another reveal where it's like the little boy, my son, who's obviously my son is behind, like in the mirror of my medicine cabinet, which was kind of an effective idea. I kind of dug that moment. Right. Um, when he, so he smashes that glass in the medicine cabinet and it's like opens up to a big, blackness and of course there's tentacles and claws and stuff reaching out and grabbing there at him the arm from the creature of the black lagoon yes. and the tail from alien somehow ra- and then we never saw the rest of this this so-called monster right the thing with that arm and that tail then doesn't exist that's correct because and that's the thing um william cat never seems that scared of anything no. that's happening never seems that worried like if i was in this situation I mean, I hope my kids aren't listening. It would be like, I guess that's the end of my children. I'm not, I'm not climbing into that, <laughs> that abyss. <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's another dimension of time and space. You have to be forgiven for that. I, I forgive myself. For, there you go. <laughs> that's you all it is. Guilt on that. No question. And, so, yeah. He, he like throws a rope down there because we all just have giant rope yep. and he's just sliding himself down there, lets the monster just take the gun away. Because yes. you just, a shotgun, that's all you need when demons from hell come at you? That's it. Well, they just, they basically just snatch it from you. Snatch it from them. Shoot, shoot you down. The yes. end. Well, and the, the, the demons the were effective though. I, I did enjoy these demons. I, I love any of this shitty stop motion animation. Love oh, it. Oh God. It was some Ray Harryhausen shit. Yeah. So, but he, he's climbing out into space because basically he's like belaying like he's, you know, a mountain climber or something through the opening of the medicine cabinet. But on the other side, it's just blackness, right? Right. Like he's floating in space. So he's slinking down this rope. Of course, he's attacked by the flying demon thing, breaks the rope, and then he just falls into some water down at the bottom. And then, like, five feet away, the water starts bubbling like there's a creature. I would have been terrified. I would have been flipping out, swimming away as fast as I can. Of course! He does not. He goes, ooh, he, he dies shall I investigate? It. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Worked out that's, fine for him, I guess, but not my move. That's what I'll that's, say. That's all that good nom training. It's you that nom training? You know what? You know who he needed? He needed, uh, what's his name, who ran for president with Sarah Palin. John McCain? John McCain. He need, this would have been the best buddy movie of all time if it was Billy Cat and John McCain (laughs) discussing their Vietnam flashbacks and traveling through, uh, the multiverse, uh, to save children. Interesting. Interesting theory. I I just feel that John McCain would have done a better job. You may be right. Okay, so a couple things. Are we supposed to, when he's meeting George Went 
the neighbor, who goes on this long monologue about, like, hey, I'm glad we got a new neighbor here, because the old woman who used to live here, horrible hag, she was crazy bitch. Tunes. Yeah. <laughs> she was, and he was like, actually, that was my aunt. Oh, but a heart of gold. Heart, heart of, gold. of gold. Lovely lady. Lovely lady. Are we supposed to think that he is annoying? And, like, somebody that we're supposed to, like, not like? I'm trying to think, because it seems like, even though he does bust into his house at midnight with midnight snacks, uh, that he's, he kind of is reacting in a normal fashion, right? He's the one who calls the cops when he hears the gunshot. He's the one who calls the ex-wife because he thinks Billy Cat's gone crazy. His reactions it's, seem normal to me. Well, his behavior is not normal, but his reaction to Billy Cat is normal because, you know, like many people, he's, he, he doesn't have the ability to judge his own behavior, but he's like, I'm not crazy, but you're crazy. So I called the police on you. Well, cause B- Billy Cat is wearing his full nom regalia basically oh, for half the movie for no he's reason. He's doing stupid shit like running around doing somersaults on the stairs. The the whole sequence where he has 900 cameras yes. lined up in front of the door was so stupid. And it then made, all of a sudden he just starts clicking them at the floor. I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, there's another picture of the dirt. And, <laughs> of and the how are these cameras going to take the these pictures of themselves? Right. You'd have to go around and actually hit the buttons. Yeah. Get it to dun, take a dun, dun. And there's like 20 point and shoot cameras that required you to push a button. None of them yes. were linked together. What, what was the plan? Makes no sense. I no. love, I laughed about that scene because you're right. He's like, I guess rehearsing for midnight to roll around. <laughs> click, click, click. <laughs> click, click, click. And then running through the house, doing barrel rolls and somersaults, runs out of the house, slides across his knees onto, onto the, you know, uh, the walkway. And there's George Went. On on the inside yes, of his in fence. his yard again, <laughs> in his yard, walking his dog. Basically, here's my dog. I'm gonna drop a big old deuce right on your lawn. Hope that's cool. Because we're friends, every time right? we meet George Went, he seems to just be a little bit closer to the house, a little bit more on the property, more on the property. Yep. <laughs> you wake up and he's in bed with you. Ah. Um. What else you got? Any other interesting tidbits? There's a cop. When the cops do come, yes, it's Alan Autry, who I used to have a huge crush on. From In the Heat of the Night. From In the Heat of the Night series. Yes, oh, but he was also on Grace Under Fire with Brett Butler. I used to love that sitcom. He was the love interest, but then she fell off the wagon hard and he said, screw this. Left the show? Left the show. The kid star got mother pulled him from the show because of her behavior after she. Oh, I did. The, the kid. The kid. Yes, I knew. I think Alan that. Autry did the same, and then Alan Autry, I think, was a big friend of our our friend Chuck Norris. He went on to be the mayor of Fresno for several years. That is true. So it's interesting. So the two cops that come to the door, you have Alan Autry from In the Heat of the Night. The yep. other cop, Bubba. Uh, <laughs> Bubba, that's right. The other cop was uh Steve Williams from Twenty One Jump Street. So they both oh, go I on to play cops and other things. Yeah, he looked kind of familiar. Alan Audrey used to play professional football. Well, he was also uh Steve Williams was also Mr. X on the X Files. And what? this would mean nothing to you, but may mean something to some other people. He was Creighton Duke. And Jason goes to hell the final Friday. So there yeah, you go. I don't think I saw that. We played a bounty hunter. 
So there you go. Na, 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 na. He usually has a mustache. He usually has a, but not in, in, uh, house, sadly. The interesting thing about this movie, it's literally even the background people are someone f- famous. Yes. There's a, there's a lot of people that you recognize from things. Right. Not, not people movie. pulling down Academy Awards, but no, people no, no, no. that were on a bunch of shit. Right. Right, right, right. So the, the grand reveal, like we said, it was his buddy in Nam who's come back to get him. So at the end of the movie, he's being chased through the house by the skeletal, uh, buddy, essentially. It looks like one him. of those, like, bad zombie, zombie island yes. zombies. No question. Now, spontaneously at the end, William Cat goes, I'm not afraid of you anymore. You can't hurt me anymore. And now, you know, uh, Richard Mall is trying to like get him with the knife, but now the knife doesn't affect him anymore. Which now, was the loseriest thing I've ever seen in my life. No preamble. Ridiculous. No, no arc. It was just suddenly he's like, oh, by the way, now you can't hurt me anymore. The end. So you, I could snatch your kid and take him to a parallel universe and put him in a cage. Uh, but now I can't do that anymore just because you said, I ain't afraid. Well, it could, and he was kicking his ass for yes. like the last 30 minutes. And now it's like, nope, I've, I've now decided I'm no longer afraid. I don't believe in you. I don't believe it. Um, So I thought that they should have ended it with him like finishing his book. But the book is just thrown out the window. He doesn't need to write it anymore because he... It was also stupid. Yeah. So I was tortured by the Viet Cong <clears throat> because you wouldn't murder. I would have died for you. Well, now you will. <laughs> <laughs> but, in the, but in the show when they were carrying him off, he didn't do anything to try him. Willie, uh, Billy Cat's character in Vietnam was just a screw off. So what, what was this great book he was writing? It's kind of, it's all very ridiculous. Again, his buddy in Nam was a loose cannon and was doing stupid stuff. So he gets shot down by the Viet Cong. Billy Cat goes up to him and he's like, come on, I'll get you out of here. He's like, no, I'm too injured. You got to kill me. Kill me. Yeah. Cut my throat. Yeah. That's what's going to happen is someone's going to walk up as I'm cutting your throat. And now, now I'm getting court martialed. That's exactly right. So <laughs> Billy Cat's like, no can do. I'll go get help. He's five feet away. The Viet Cong picks him up. And again, he, he was just shot. Gone, the end. The end. It does nothing. It's a very no. sad situation. It, 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 the whole Vietnam thing was ridiculous. It made no sense. Sweet Jesus. Any last thoughts before we go behind the scenes? I think the best part of the movie is when he bites the the monster's hand to get it off the baby's neck. And the crazy artwork. And this is what's so ridiculous. Oh, she's an artist. There's literally no art supplies anywhere. There's just one crazy picture. Well, it was her masterpiece. Her masterpiece, which was clearly painted this year. Because it shows (laughs) the kid in in the mirror. It wasn't like Nana. Nana Nana had a whole room with a thousand pictures. There wasn't just one crazy ominous picture of the tool shed. That's (laughs) 
<laughs> in the tool tool shed slash art gallery. I and think. her dead husband was the great fisherman. Besides the swordfish, there were no fish fishing shit anywhere in the whole house. It made okay. no sense. After he caught the one, there was no point in continuing. After she did the one painting, there was no need to continue. After he caught the one fish, that was it. That's yeah. all you need. Walk out on a high another Costanza. Thank you. <laughs> and then you walk away on a high note. That's 100% correct. Let's go <laughs> behind the scenes, shall please, we? Please. Please. It's difficult to discern, but the monster in the closet is designed to look like the napalmed bodies from Vietnam with bullets for fingers. Did you get any of that? Not at all. Not even all a All I bit. kept thinking was, it looks like the thing. Very upsetting. Or it looks the, like a bunch of twigs in a spider web. That's correct. The original screenplay by Fred Decker was a traditional horror film with no humor at all. Good. That that would have been better. The It was rewritten by Ethan Wiley, who added all the quote-unquote comedy. So he's to blame. Did he also add all the Vietnam? He, the Vietnam comedy. They... They the nominee. tied it all together. They tied it on the exact, the vomity. The nominee. Whatever. One of the things. The uh, this movie has a lot of connections to Friday the 13th. Okay. It was produced. It has by a lot of connection to Poltergeist because it's like a big fucking ripoff. The producer, Sean S. Cunningham, was the producer and basically the driving force behind the original Friday the 13th movie. The okay. director, Steve Miner, directed Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3. And the soundtrack was by Harry Manfredini, who did the iconic soundtrack to Friday the 13th. So it's basically mm. the same. It's all the same stuff. They should have gone out, thank you, after the Friday the 13th. Leave on a high note, friend. Well, and I just literally today I was on I was on the internet and I discovered that Sean S. Cunningham is in the process of rebooting Friday the thirteenth and House. So get ready. And what was the the whole thing with the the fake Linda Ronstadt, you're no good. You're no good. I'm like They thought that was who's funny. The- Who's the one that's no good? And then they changed the words of the song. Billy Cat's no good. No, Who's the, 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 one the witchy no one. Good? The, de- the demon woman that he chopped up. Yes. Is, is Why no did good. they use witchy woman? That might have been more interesting. Maybe that was more expensive. Who's to say? I um, thought it was. And they didn't play it just once. They no, use they it again at the time. end. I'm like, right. well, we already recorded it. Let's use it. Manfredini can't, can't keep writing gems. You're telling me. Basically, it was like these were meant to be kind of comedic stingers. You've just been attacked by a witch woman who's just been dismembered by these floating <laughs> farm implements. I'm going to keep saying farm implements. Um, and now let's throw some Ronstadt in there, some stone ponies, perhaps. <laughs> um, in Hong Kong, this movie was not called House. Because House is obviously a, a lousy title. It's called <laughs> Don't Go Into the Haunted House After Midnight is what it's called. Why? So, How about Just Don't Go Into the Haunted House? Don't Go Into the Haunted House. Absolutely. Um, okay, is that your Manfredini version of a soundtrack? That doesn't mean anything to you. When I would go to SeaWorld, 
with my kids, you could go to like, you know, all the theme parks around Halloween time and they would kind of add like a little Halloween kind of aspect to it where you can go around and, you know, they'd give you candy at different stations or whatever. At SeaWorld, they kept playing this bizarro <laughs> music where it was some, again, not using any of the traditional Halloween, you know, songs, Monster Mash or Time Warp or whatever. Instead, they came up with, don't go into the haunted house over and over again. So just, just that sentence over that and over. It's all you need. It's all you need. Oh, uh, they, I'm sure they were shoving some uh, subliminal messages in there. You need an $8 lemonade. <laughs> go get a $7 pickle. <laughs> a $7 pickle. Sounds like a euphemism. Um, uh, originally, they were inspired by Twilight Zone, the movie, that they wanted to create their own anthology. So these buddies, Fred Decker, Ethan Wiley, Steve Miner, and Shane Black, were going to create this anthology. The anthology never came to be, but this segment was going to be one of the stories. They decided to flesh it out and turn it into a full movie. So they decided their theme should be after another Horrible flop. <laughs> was let's was that own a flop? I don't remember. Yes, that that dude uh, got killed, and so did all the kids. It was no, a no, huge I, I knew scandal. about that. I knew it was a scandal, but I thought the movie still did well. But maybe I'm mistaken. Nah, it was kind of stinky. I watched a thing on that where it was like literally the helicopter. It was John Landis was directing that segment, right? Which ironically <laughs> took place in Vietnam. Uh, once again, uh, Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow and two underage Vietnamese American actors who weren't yeah. supposed to be there. Like this was, this was late at night and they were working under the table. Right. And there was a, you know, it was an unsafe stunt to begin with and a gust of wind at the wrong time, too close to the canyon wall. The helicopter came in, crashed, but not before decapitating. Vic Morrow and the two children killed them all. Boom. Horrible. Horrible. So very so sad. So Atlantis managed to bounce back and continue to work. Which is crazy to me. Which is crazy because yes. he's the one cutting the corners. It, the, the, the axe falls on him. He got sued. Like it went, like it went I, to I the, bet he did. Just like I, Alex Guinness. I'm surprised he wasn't prosecuted because it didn't happen in the United States, right? No, it did. Oh, it oh did? yeah. I can't believe that he's not, it wasn't charged. Well, I, I don't think they could, they could claim, I don't I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was something along the lines of it's a tragedy, but doesn't seem to be like, well, we can obviously say this is what caused it. The, your culpability is clear. You know what I mean? So who's to say, who's to say? So director Steve Miner wanted to do this movie as kind of a transitional movie because he wanted to get away from doing horror movies. He thought because this is kind of funny, theoretically, quote unquote, that that would kind of lead to kind of, you know, non-horror roles. So there you go. Maybe if it was good. <laughs> maybe, maybe if it was good. This he is the, and his buddies would be so boring at a party if this is their version of comedy. It'd be like, oh, I'm going to go move into the kitchen if you don't mind. Our conversation here has ended. His next movie, after directing House, was a film called Soul Man with C. Thomas Howell, 
uh, Ray Don Chong, James Earl Jones. Are you familiar with Soul Man? I am familiar that it exists. I don't believe I saw it. I'm going to say something controversial. I think Soul Man is freaking hilarious. The premise of Soul Man. Whatever happened not, to Ray Don Chong? She's still kicking around. The she was premise, a thing for a minute. The premise of Soul Man is that <laughs> C. Thomas Howell was accepted into Harvard, but cannot afford to go there because his rich parents won't pay for it, essentially. So he, to get, to pay for it, he goes for a scholarship that's only offered to African Americans. So oh, he uses the experimental tanning solution to get, to basically tur- to turn into an African American with skin and he wears a crazy wig and hijinks ensue. Oh God. Yes. Not appropriate to say the least. Anywho. Didn't work well for Steve Miner. He also directed the pilot episode of uh, The Wonder Years after Soul Man. So good times. Okay, well, he's, he's on a path. He's on is a path. That the path. Is that where the path ended? That's it. Okay. There were what? three sequels to House. Three sequels. And they're generally unrelated. Like, just here's another crazy haunted house. It's not the same house? House, no, different house. House two, the second story. Which stars, is a funny name. Stars Ari Gross, famously from Soul Man. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> there are interesting things, but what's interesting about House Two, the second story, is it has, I wouldn't call it a cameo because he wasn't famous enough at the time, but Bill Maher is in it. <laughs> Bill Maher is in it as kind of a, a slimy record producer type. All Just right. playing. Isn't playing himself. So good times. Alright. Good grief. Who knows what's going on in the world? Let me see if there's any, <laughs> any other uh, thoughts and feelings. Here we go. Um, Glenn Close and Sigourney Weaver were considered for the female lead oh, role. This is, I hate this considered. I am considering Laurence Olivier for this role. But right. uh, Laurence Olivier wasn't considering it. <laughs> it was a one-way consideration. Uh, exactly. Uh, this is an interesting, uh, fact here. In the Vietnam War flashbacks, you can clearly hear the sound of a kookaburra bird, which is not native to Vietnam. They're found only in Australia. Why is it, there a kookaburra? Who knows? Cause it makes a crazy sound. <laughs> Cause it makes a crazy sound. Ray Don Chong was married to see Thomas Howell. Yeah. For, for years and years, if I remember. Um, I think that's about it. Should we talk about the cast and crew? Please, let's do it. Steve Miner, the director. We talked about him ever so briefly. He directed House. He directed Warlock with Julian Sand. Did we ever find Poor Julian Sand? Julian Sands, come to me. Do you hear my voice? As of our recording, he's lost in the in the wilderness. It's not lost looking good. We'll have to do Boxing Helena in his honor. No, we will not have to do Boxing (laughs) Helena in his honor. He also directed Halloween H2O. And like I said, he directed some episodes of The Wonder Years. Fred Decker, who wrote the original screenplay. You know him because he wrote and directed The Monster Squad. Wrote and directed Night of the Creeps. Boom, shakalaka. Boom, boom. Uh, RoboCop 3, 
which is not the good RoboCop, and The Predator, directed by Shane Black. Is is good. that about uh, what's his name from? Uh... <laughs> it's about Michael Jackson. Yeah, it's about question. Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet Lord. Okay, uh, let's talk about the cast, shall we? Um, William Cat played Roger Cobb, the mm-hmm. author. He was in uh, Greatest the American Man Hero. from Earth in 2007. He was in Carrie. He was in House, and from 1981 to 1986, my bad, it was still on the air, evidently. The greatest American hero. I hope uh, he saved you well. George Went played Harold Gordon, the nosy neighbor. You know him from Cheers. He was in Fletch. He was in Forever Young with Mel Gibson. Forever Young. Oh, he's in Spice World. <laughs> he was. Richard Mull. Played Big Ben, the uh, the dude, his buddy from Vietnam, who he left alive, I guess. Um, you know him from House. He was in Scary Movie 2. He was in But I'm a Cheerleader. He was in Jingle All the Way. We're not even mentioning. He was Bull, the incredibly, incredibly huge bailiff on Night Court, which was That's the only place show. I remember him. Absolutely. He was, and he was not the better he replaced the other dude. No, 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 no. Other way? This is the way it worked. When the show first started, there was two bailiffs. There was Bull, tall dude. Then there was a little old lady um, whose name... I, I remember the African-American dude. African-American dude was the court clerk, but not the original court clerk. Oh. There you go. Now, when uh. the old woman died, then Marsha Warfield join the cast as a, a African-American female bailiff. So there you go. All right. All right. Harry Anderson. Yeah. John Larroquette. Marky Post. It's an all-star cast. I used to love John Larroquette. Uh, Kay Lenz played Sandy Sinclair, the estranged soap opera actress. Most uh, famous for being married to David Cassidy. She was married to David Cassidy for six years in the late 70s, early 80s. She used to get death threats from his friends, wanting her to die. Oh, that's upsetting. Yes, he was very um, popular at a time. She was in a ton of stuff. I mean, she was basically like on every TV show of the 80s, yeah. of the 70s. She was in House. She was in Breezy in 1973, directed by Clint Eastwood. She was in The Midnight Caller from 1988 to 1991. She was on Reasonable Doubt with Mark Harmon and Marley Matlin. She was on that show from 91 to 93. If it was on TV in the 80s, Kay Lenz was there. Absolutely. Then uh, there was the sassy Swedish neighbor. Mary Staven so, played Tanya. She's so you, <laughs> you know her from A View to a Kill. She was a Bond girl, not once but twice, playing two totally different roles. But never the main Bond girl, just the hot chick in the background. Bond so in girl. other words, just a girl in a Bond movie. That is correct. Uh, she was in House. She was in Octopussy, and her role was called Octopussy Girl. 
So oh. she was just one of the chicks in the background, evidently. Oh my God, I never got over that name. It was such a problematic name. It was very, it's very difficult to understand why there would have been called a movie called Octopussy. But oh my there God. was. And I love there it. Was. If you haven't seen Octopussy lately, check it out. It is I'm Roger Moore. I'm not sure Moore. I ever saw it. Well, first of all, it's Roger Moore. Roger Moore, if you see View to a Kill or Octopussy, he is like 56 years old shacking up with girls who who are literally old enough to be his granddaughters. Literally, that's how the age we're, we're talking about here. And that's why he finally quit. He felt bad. He felt it was uncomfortable being in these situations where people would be like, oh, my grandmother loved you. <laughs> I'm the saint or whatever, the prisoner, whatever the hell show he was on. He was on the saint, <laughs> not the prisoner. Uh That was McGowan. Yep. She was also uh, in Barking Mad for uh, two in 2021, so more recently. What there was you know. the Sean Connery movie with, um, God, he was like 106, at, but he had a good wig, but yep. his co-star was, what's her name? The one who, uh, uh, her husband, Douglas, claims, uh, got mouth oh, cancer oh, for going you're down about- on her. Yes, you're talking about Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Entrapment. Entrapment. And I'm like, they're going to get together. He's like 70 years old. He is 70. young. She was was, early. He was 70, and they were like creep crawling around each other. I'm like, is this happening? Yes, absolutely. Entrapment. He was still looking good. Oh well, God. I mean, look. All you had to is, do was pop a new little wig on Sean Connery, and he carried that through. Here's the thing. Sean Connery wore a wig literally the entire time he was James Bond. The very first in 1962 in Dr. No, wearing a wig. Yeah. He always wore a wig because he was always he didn't have much hair. He um, had to have a wig warehouse. The way women may have purses and shoes, he had a wig warehouse. And it looked absolutely. good. It always looked good. Well, and the other thing about it, since we're talking about this, Sean Connery in the 70s, the last time he played James Bond, was literally younger than me now, but looked, looked 65 years old. Skin like oh, fine Corinthian leather. I don't know oh, what it God. was. Hard, hard living. Hard it living. Hard living. It's the whiskey and, and schmokies and slapping around the ladies. Keeps you strong. Age you early, but then you just freeze at 47 and then you never get any older. Right. But well, you remain virile. You look 45 when you're 30. And by the time you're 45, you look 60 and then you just kind of stay there for a few years. Just kind of uh, coast that 60 slide. Pretty much. Let's talk about the ratings, shall <laughs> we? Shall we? House, currently 62% on the tomato meter. Do you know what the audience gave it? 47. <laughs> oh, sweet. 46. Oh! Boom, look at that. Time for Vegas. Time for Vegas. No question. Let's look at, there's one top critic who discussed this. Is it a top critic? Who we be- actually is a top credit or a top credit because he's got a lot of TikTokers. This is Janet Maslin of the New York <gasps> Times, who we've heard of. She real. She real. She says, scares are not its strong suit, but it has no. a trim, bright look and better performances than might be expected. So that's kind of a positive review. I thought 
this is what I goddamn hate. Yep. Just say the movie stinks. The movie stinks. It's irredeemable. <laughs> I hate this that all these reviewers we say, oh, well, you know, that wasn't their strong suit, but the furnishings are lovely. And so what is your, <laughs> what is your rating, damn it? I am going to give it one out of five ambience because I want to be knocked out cold before I see this again. It's boring. It's boring. I'm going to give it two out of five headless witch women (laughs) rolling into a hole in the ground. Basically is what I'm talking about. Looking for the ambient. (laughs) The movie is, it's kind of all over the place. It doesn't have like a real like through line. It's like they try to make like shoehorn the Vietnam story as a way of explaining the weirdness, but it doesn't really make any sense. None of it makes any sense. We're going to rip off Poltergeist and you know, Nam, Nam in movies. If you want to get the Academy's attention come award season. Let's throw a little coming home into uh, a <laughs> horror. The deer hunter. <laughs> exactly. A, a sous-sant of deer hunter. Is uh, Christopher Walken available? <laughs> I'm sure he is. Um, well, it's like, it's like you kind of said where it's like there's, there's evil dead aspects. There's poltergeist aspects to it. It just, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. I mean, it's Thanks, trying Terry. to be funny. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> You're to blame. You're to blame your six-year-old fevered brain. I mean, I'll tell you what. I watched the movie. You know, I, I stayed awake during it for the most part. Um, I don't hate it. I just find it kind of a shade below mediocre is what I would say in terms Forgettable. of just- Forget. It's definitely forgettable. I don't hate it, except no. that it, it's, and what is it? Thankfully, most of these horror movies are, follow the 90 minute pattern. So, yeah. you know, but that is 90 minutes that I will not be getting back. <laughs> I could have written a poem, a sonnet, an haiku? opera, a haiku, a limerick. <laughs> I could have shaved my legs. I could have just laid there and stayed or stared at the ceiling, but now I won't be able to do that. Could have gone into a hysterical blindness fugue state, if you will. So that would have been better. <laughs> Thank you very much. Go to our page on Twitter at T Podcast Go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Aaron, are we on Instagram or TikTok? We're on the Instagram and we're on the ticker talker. We are the podcast that wouldn't die. Please visit us. Now we have, I've followed about 900 people on the ticker talker and on a solid 30 are following us back. <laughs> solid 30. <laughs> a devoted Most 30. Of high schoolers because uh, my contact list got kind of confused when I was uh, following oh, people. Oh, sweet Lord. Goddamn invasion of these apps. Um, That's all you yeah. needed to say. Well, you That's can also all. email us at uh, the podcast that wouldn't die at Gmail. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Anywhere the finer podcasts are available. So don't forget to like, share, rate, and review 
Won't you? Won't you please? Aaron, are you on social media? I have much media. I am on the Instagram. I am the cult of Aaron. Join the cult. I am also don't feed the pigeons. I guess I'm on the Twitzker, but Elon Musk is making me sour. I no longer desire a Tesla. I used to kind of find them interesting in space age. And now I have kind of a sour taste. Uh, I have artwork that's available on, uh, what is it? First dibs and artsy Aaron Doherty Polaroid photography. Beautiful. Won't you help yourself? Help yourself. Exactly. Do yourself a favor. You can just PayPal me some money and I'll send you something. How about there that? There you go. Let's It'll start about five hundred dollars. A grab bag. A mystery box, if you will. I, I since I've been doing the TikTok and and uh, try to share a picture of Kevin each time, I do now have quite a collection that I have. I have to have a separate box because I can't. I have to have a different picture every time. So maybe you'd like to buy the mystery box of Kevin's pictures. <laughs> yes, of just pictures of me. It's, it's a gift that keeps on giving the whole year long, Clark. Yeehaw. Next week, I was going to say next year. <laughs> next week, we'll be discussing the American horror classic, The Ring, based upon the original Japanese classic, with Naomi Watts. And that dude from Virgin River on Netflix. So you have that to look forward to. Virgin River is such a piece of shit. I, I thought it was going to be about humble, but Virgin River is for all the ladies out there who love the Hallmark. Yes, it is. Becky loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure our Aunt Vicky oh, no, and all her When seeds. calls the heart. Exactly. No question. Oh, Jesus Christ. So you can watch it like we'll be watching it on Amazon Prime. However, you will have to fork over $2.99. So you might want to go to your local library, swap me. Hoopla. Do you have something. Hoopla? What's the, what's the other Canopy. app that the libraries? Canopy. Why not? When I was poor... Back in the nineties, we would totally just go to the library to rent movies. Why I not? Used to, you used to be able to check out CDs. I would like Absolutely. check out CDs and then burn them at home. <laughs> That's against the rules, by the way. That's a federal. Is that, is that wrong? Is that like photocopying a book? A little bit. So you can send us your favorite scenes, favorite quotes, comments, or questions, and we may talk about it on the show. So. I'm looking forward to this because I haven't burned myself out on the ring, but I remember the first time I saw it going, holy shit. So let's see if this stands out. I mean, everything about the ring from what I remember, it was just fire. It was just fire. Didn't Well, you are Samira, sense. if I remember correctly. I for, was Samira uh, for Halloween. I just in life. An entire, I mean, yeah. <laughs> entire day with just a, a black wig on backwards. There's a scene. I, I had better kids then because I also had a kid who was dressed as the Pope that day. So we have pictures of him trying to exercise me. <laughs> Lord class. knows you need it. <laughs> There's a scene from, uh, I think it's Scary Movie 3. When George Carlin, they're talking about how he had to put Samira in the, the well or whatever. It's like, I thought a timeout would have been more appropriate, but uh, anyway, <laughs> hilarious. So check that out. Let us know what you think, and maybe we'll talk about it on the show. So thank you very much, and be well. 
Be well, children. Welcome to the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. What up, what up? Each week, we'll explore the classics of the horror and sci-fi genre with a little comedic twist. We will ask those important questions like, why don't they get out of the haunted house the first time they see the ghost or the demon? Why do people feel like, hey, there's been a spooky disappearance, but I'm going to investigate myself, even though I have no investigative background? Or, why didn't I realize I was dead the whole time? These important questions and many others we will get to the bottom of. So check us out each week at the podcast that wouldn't die. Be there or be square. You were just listening to the Film Spark podcast for all your film needs and more. Like what you heard? Give us a shot. Follow us on Spotify, Apple, GoodPods and more. Or follow the socials at film underscore spark underscore pod. You know what? Just follow us on everything. Check out the link tree. Linktr.ee forward slash film spark pod. Find us, follow us, give us a shout. We always want to hear from you. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.